back to Tay Learning and happy Wednesday. My name is Danny and I'm Olivia. We are your co-hosts. Olivia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, I stayed up really late last night, as I always do, right before we record to do all the research we needed to do. But I'm really excited because it's a lot of gossip and I live for gossip. <laughs> I am so pumped because we're talking about Katy Perry, which is messy and fun. And honestly, I didn't know a whole lot about it when it happened. Like I was vaguely aware it was hard to miss it in the media of what was going mm -hmm. on. But I mean, I didn't have a Taylor Swift podcast then. So becoming yeah, invested I didn't know in the drama about it either. <laughs> wasn't really on my docket at the time. I had bigger fish to fry in college than Taylor Swift and Katy Perry beefing it out in the media. The general overview for those of you who don't know is very plainly put, they liked each other, then they didn't. Then they did again. And that's kind of <laughs> the Netflix synopsis. But there was a lot of things that happened in the when they didn't like each other. And it was mm -hmm. messy and sloppy. And honestly, spoiler alert, not a good look for either of them. Yeah, I don't it. feel like it ever is if you end up in a situation like this. Which makes me feel bad because women are already so pitted against one another, but yeah. they made it so much worse, not yeah. by their own fault entirely. I'm sure that stuff was pushed upon them because that's the way that society works, particularly with strong, exactly successful women. Um, like they're groomed to be kind of like against each other, I feel like sometimes. Which is crazy because they're both very, very talented. So Olivia, you did so much research on this. It would be ridiculous if you did not <laughs> take us right in. Do you know off the top of your head what year they actually meet? Because I think I know. The beginning of my timeline is 2008. Olivia, take us away <laughs> on Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. They're little meet cute. <laughs> September 2008. I don't know if this is the day they actually met officially, but Taylor and Katy take a photo together with Miley Cyrus at the 2008 VMAs. So it's baby Taylor, baby Miley. This is pre-Fearless Taylor. Fearless is just about to come out later that year. And um, they seem to be on pretty good terms. I mean, as good terms as you can be with getting a photo with a, another celebrity at an award show. Um, in February 2009, they take another photo together at the 2009 Grammys. This is when Love Story and I Kissed a Girl were charting. So to paint the picture of what era this was. And then in July of 2009, Taylor tweeted praise for Katie's Waking Up in Vegas video. Katie replied saying, quote, you're sweet as pie. Let's write a song together about the subject we know best for my new record. It'll be brilliant. What subject do you think that was? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that she ever I assumed boys. <laughs> I mean, probably boys. Katy Perry had her album, One of the Boys at the time. Yeah. It's probably about boys, but it was, that was cryptic as hell, Katie. And then in August, 2009, Taylor tweeted a photo of her and Katie, lots of Twitter at this time. And Katie responded, I'm going to cringe. Lie lass. For those of you who don't remember, it means love you like a sister. <laughs> C, the letter C, U, the letter U, at the at sign. 
See you at the VMAs, BB girl. Ooh, oh my God. Parentheses. Real. <laughs> Parentheses. TS is an angel. <laughs> okay. All right. 2009 Twitter, also not real. I've refused to believe it. Um, really, in 2009, Twitter was exclusively used for people to talk to celebrities and for celebrities to oh talk God. to each other, I guess, because they didn't exchange cell phone numbers. Lilas. See you at the VMAs, BB girl. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. So <laughs> I hated saying all of that out loud. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I don't love that, but it's fine. <laughs> So yeah, now they're like buddies. They're very Wait, now we, buddies. Now we know why Taylor Swift is so like, embrace your cringe. Learn to live alongside cringe. Because she lived on Twitter in 2009. <laughs> Excellent. October 2009. Taylor attended Katie's birthday party and she tweets, at Katy Perry, knows how to throw a party. I would even go as far as to say it was party-licious. Best Ugh. ever. Happy B-Day, pretty girl. Uh, <laughs> like I said, this is still 2009. <laughs> party-licious! Party-licious! Honest to God, if, if at my birthday party or whatever we're doing for my birthday in a few weeks, <laughs> if people don't say publicly online that it was party-licious, that it's been a failure, then I'm just going to... Yeah, clearly I'm you don't know not... how to throw a party if it's not party-licious. You're literally throwing the party. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> It'll be partylicious, don't worry. <laughs> so then in January 2010, so we're we're jumping some months here. They're buddies, but they're not like besties, you know. Yeah. January 2010, they both attend the 2010 Grammys where they're seen chatting a lot, taking photos together and making silly faces for photos. So like they're really buddying up now. March 2010, Katie interviews with Nylon magazine and says, quote, Sometimes I really feel like I'm more of a Taylor Swift. She tells stories, and I think that's why she resonates with a lot of people. She hits the hidden chord in them that makes them say, oh my God, I've been through that too, or you said it in a way I could never explain. So public praise for each other, public appreciation. And then in April 2010, Katie makes a guest appearance on the Fearless Tour in LA, and they perform Hot and Cold together. After the show, Taylor tweets, Katie, LA, I will always love you. Remember Hot and Cold? That song was everywhere. Yeah, I mean, what a like foreshadowing to their friendship, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh, that's kind of dark. Continue. Yeah. And so an unrelated side note here, I watched the whole performance of Hot and Cold on the Fearless Tour. And it's so funny to me to watch her early performances where she barely has any choreography and just jumps around and flips her hair around and then compare it to the Reputation Stadium tour. It's, yeah, I mean, at the time, that was kind of all she felt like she needed to do. And really, it was all she did need to do. Reputation, yeah. she felt like she had something to prove. So it was really important That's true. that she had that choreography. Because <laughs> looking at them dance on stage together and sing it makes me feel like if you and I were drunk singing hot and cold on karaoke, <laughs> they're just <laughs> hopping around. <laughs> well, we have to make that a reality now. Um, and also, 
this point, the late aughts into the early 2010s was a time when concerts were quite literally just about seeing the famous person. It didn't really need yeah. to be a show like it had been before, or even like it is now. If you look at early One Direction performance videos, they just stand there. Like, yeah. I saw them in concert and I was losing my mind and my blood pressure was skyrocketing for just a bunch of guys standing there. That's so funny. But continuing on, we're skipping like a year or so. It's this early time isn't that important. Like I said, they're buddies, but they're not besties by any means. In November of 2011, Taylor wins Artist of the Year at the 2011 Music Awards or American Music Awards. And she beats Katie in the award but katie gives her a big hug and congratulations so there's no bad blood yet later on in november 2011 taylor adopted her cat meredith and tweeted a photo and katie responds to the photo saying all caps oh my gosh is this kitty for real taylor replies yes and currently chasing her own tail p.s i miss you katie replies i want to cuddle that kitten so hard miss you smiley face And then things start to get, in my opinion, things start to get weird at this point. In August of 2012, Katie starts dating John Mayer. For context, Taylor dated John Mayer in 2010. And um, it wasn't a good relationship. (laughs) I mean, she thought it was a good relationship at the time. She was willing to give it all for this boy. Screw what her parents said about him. but she has her famous Dear John ballad about him and doesn't paint him out to be a good person. And Jessica Simpson also can attest to that. But anyway, that's beyond the point. We'll talk about that later. Katie is dating John Mayer now. It's mm-hmm. one of her kind of buddies in the musical world is dating a guy that did her dirty but no public issue comes out about it in fact in february 2013 katie and john mayer attend the 2013 grammys together as a couple and taylor and katie greet each other amicably so it doesn't seem to have any public issues going on at the time i mean all is fair in love and war or whatever i yeah i just want to say looks like a side note right there I don't particularly blame Katie for dating John Mayer because yeah, good looking dude. And as much as I hate to say this, his music is very pleasant. Yeah, unfortunately. Like it's, huh? it's really easy listening music. Um, and he's, yeah, you know, he's talented. He's talented and he's suave. And if you're not super close to somebody, it's not like a normal person dating exactly. your friend's ex. It's no. John freaking Mayer. Yeah, but this anyway. is also Taylor Swift. So it is Taylor um, Swift. This this is 2012 Taylor Swift. So <laughs> I I just wanted to throw it out there for the yeah, point I of agree. like removing misogyny before it gets to that point. I yeah. don't blame Katy Perry for being like trapped. No, they in the clearly genre. weren't that close. <laughs> yeah. October 2013, a fan asked Katy at an iHeartRadio listening party what she kept in her purse. And Katie says that she keeps a, quote, big empty purse now, but she shared this story. Quote, 
One of the first times I went to the Grammys, I got to share a dressing room with Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift. I'm assuming it's the, 2008. Know, the beginning. Actually, yeah. yeah. And I asked them for a lock of their hair from each one of them, which is totally creepy, but awesome. I put little <laughs> bows on them individually and put them in my purse. And that was my little secret. I'm a freak. Uh, that's some voodoo shit. Yeah. You can't tell me that Katy Perry is not a witch. <laughs> a Wiccan at least. So now we're getting to the juicy drama. Hold on tight and see if you can follow me. Oh, I'm, so, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so between 2012 and 2013, this is where the events happen that kind of make this big snowball go down the hill, you know? So three of Katie's tour dancers for her California Dreams tour were offered positions on Taylor's Red tour. And then these dancers left the Red Tour early before it was completed to join Katie's Prismatic Tour. So the California Dreams Tour was February 2011 through January 2012. So those dancers were free in 2012. And the Prismatic Tour began a month before Taylor's Red Tour was finished in May of 2014 and ended in October of 2015. Mm -hmm. So... These three backup dancers are what caused the infamous drama. So I have a question here that you might know more about, because again, Olivia yes. did an insane amount of research on this. <laughs> My understanding was that when, so that Taylor Swift asked Katy Perry, is it okay if I poach these amazing dancers? And Katy Perry said yes. And in the clause of the deal with Taylor Swift's tour, it said that they could give a 30-day notice before they left. So while the Prismatic Tour wasn't initially planned, that wasn't something that was on the docket when they left for the Red Tour, obviously, or they wouldn't have gone, they did technically stay in contract by giving the 30-day notice and then going to Prismatic. However, Katy Perry had said to Taylor Swift or a version of, I will not be going on tour while you are on your tour, so this should not be a problem. That, in my research was the understanding. Oh, see, I didn't find any quotes that Katie spoke directly to Taylor about it before it happened. Hold on. I saw that Katie spoke, the, the three backup dancers came to Katie and asked if it was okay if they did another tour while they were off their cycle with Katie. And she told them to put the 30-day contingency in their record or their contract. I don't know if they actually did. So what we see from Katy Perry was there's three backing dancers that went on tour with her tour. And they asked me before they went on tour if they could go. And I was like, yeah, of course. I'm not on a record cycle. Get the work. She's great. But I will be on record cycle probably in about a year. So be sure to put a 30-day contingency clause in your contract so you can get out if you want to join when I say I'm going back on. I don't know if she directly spoke to Taylor. I yeah, saw because that was the quote I was talking about. That oh, it sounds yeah. like she was advising the backup dancers through what they were doing. From Taylor's point of view, Katie stole her three backup dancers that were originally Katie's that Katie felt like she was loaning out. I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to like make a note here in defense of the backup dancers. They're just freelance dancers trying to get some work in. They are contract yeah, and dancers. And they had personal ties to Katie too. So they're going to prioritize Katie's tours over anybody. Like if she did not speak to Taylor directly, because again, we'll never know. We weren't in the room where it happened. But if she did not speak to Taylor directly, it would have been a professional courtesy thing to do to say, I'm not on a record cycle. 
if I go on one, they will come back because they are my dancers. Mm -hmm. We don't know if that conversation happened or not. Again, dueling sources on whether or not that actually happened. Yeah. But it should have happened because they are obviously going to go back to the pop star that gave them that big break and allowed them to get to work on the red tour in the first place and they're contract dancers they need this business to keep alive so of course they're going to go to wherever the money is Mm -hmm. and an interesting thought that I just popped in my brain is I feel like if Katie did have the conversation with Taylor beforehand she would have publicly shared that at that time because that only makes her look better if it really happened you know so it it feels like to me she was just coaching her backup dancers through the situation and I couldn't even find the name of the backup dancers I mean good for them for staying clear of that but like I don't know what they actually did or didn't do and I don't think Katie probably even knows what they did or didn't do so she knows what she told them to do (laughs) you're right she probably didn't speak directly to Taylor which I wish she would have done and maybe she was being influenced by John Mayer we don't know yeah, but also, did she really owe Taylor that? Because she wasn't on a recording cycle anyway. Like, it shouldn't have ultimately mattered. And if there's anything that I'm sure Taylor Swift could relate to, it is that sometimes art just happens, like folklore she did not plan on doing. Yeah. We don't know where Katy Perry's head was at on being on a record cycle. She right. might have not planned on doing anything until, like, 2014, but then inspiration struck, and all of a sudden, she's on tour. So Yeah, and then what, the tour dates, they don't, they don't just come up with those that's like stadium availability and everything that's kind of out of her hands but anywho this is what starts the drama Mm -hmm. (laughs) regardless of what actually happened we know the two different point of views Taylor is hurt because to her it seems like Katie was sabotaging her tour Katie's hurt because Taylor is seemingly unfairly mad about the situation whatever I I can see both sides I suppose. In September of 2014 Taylor interviews with Rolling Stone and speaks on the meaning of bad blood her angriest song on her 1989 album. Which is about Katy Perry by the way if you didn't know. She said quote For years, I was never sure if we were friends or not. She would come up to me at award shows and say something and walk away. And I would think, are we friends or did she just give me the harshest insult of my life? Then she did something so horrible. I was like, oh, we're just straight up enemies now. And it wasn't even about a guy. It had to do with business. She basically tried to sabotage an entire arena tour. She tried to hire a bunch of people out from under me. And I'm surprisingly non-confrontational. You would not believe how much I hate conflict. So now I have to avoid her. It's awkward and I don't like it, but I don't think that there would be any personal problem if she weren't so competitive. So I think we all have a friend like that or at least one friend like that, or have had a friend like that, Mm -hmm. where they walk up to you and, you know, you have a brief conversation and they walk away and you have that feeling of, did I just get insulted? And sometimes it's really obvious backhanded stuff. Like, oh my God, you're so bold to wear that dress. I could never like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you think it is, Um, but we all have had friends like that before. So I understand that feeling, I guess. And I feel like Taylor having had that feeling about Katie in the past amplified when this misunderstanding happened. Probably true. And also I, I love Taylor. Obviously I love Taylor. This is all so dramatic. Like that entire quote that you just said, she was what 25 ish 
24, 25 during all this drama. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm 25 right now. I could not imagine (laughs) saying she tried to sabotage an entire arena tour. Do you think she really did? I don't think she tried to sabotage an arena tour. I think that she wanted to make hers the most successful it could be. Yeah. And then after this interview was published in September of 2014, Katie tweets, quote, watch out for the Regina George in sheep's clothing. I remember this because everybody ran with that saying, Taylor Swift is Regina George in sheep's clothing. Like there was no ambiguity about that. (laughs) Nope. And it was right after that interview, you know? Yeah. Then in January, 2015, Katie is asked about that tweet and her cover story with Billboard. And she said, quote, if somebody is trying to defame my character, you're going to hear about it. Okay. March 2015, Taylor interviews with The Telegraphs and says this about her feud with Katie, quote, I'm not giving them anything to write about. I'm never going to talk about her in my interview. It's not going to happen. It's not real if someone appears to never have issues with anyone. I have my friends. I have my enemies. I have bad days when I don't want to go to a photo shoot, but I'm not going to show up four hours late. I'm going to be there on time. I'm not nice all the time, but I try not to be carelessly rude to people who don't deserve it. Something that I find really interesting is that Taylor Swift never said Katy Perry's name during these interviews. People can read Mm-mm. between the lines, but she never actually said Katy Perry's name. No. Katy Perry, au contraire, far more confrontational. She put her name on it. <laughs> absolutely be like, it was fucking Taylor Swift. Like there was yeah. very, two very different interactions. And I don't yeah, think that, it's interesting how they both deal with conflict. <laughs> I don't think that one was more right or one was more wrong. Honest, honestly, yeah. they're public figures bringing up another public figure is normal. No. And poor Taylor, like in her defense, I don't think she was prepared to go into a feud with Katy Perry. Katy Perry is very confrontational and Taylor is not. And I don't think Taylor was prepared. Yeah, I don't think so either. Emotionally, mentally. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to be in a feud with Katy Perry. I would let anything Katy Perry did to me go. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. She can have whatever she wants. I am afraid of her. No, thank you. So I guess good for Taylor for standing up for herself a little bit, sort of. Well, obviously this leads into bad blood, which was the biggest defense of herself and this major, major hit from 1989. Yeah. It gets a lot of hate. I really like bad blood. I think it's fun. The only reason why I don't love bad blood as much as like other people do is because I think it's overplayed. But whenever it comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a good song, but I never like crave it. I just, I love Kendrick Lamar. I had this like big <laughs> Kendrick Lamar phase in 2015, like to pimp a butterfly was out. My best friend James was like, you got to get more into rap. You're just listening to bad rap music. And I love Kendrick Lamar. So when bad blood drops, I remember actively like tweeting about it and saying, I don't know anybody who doesn't like this song. The song's a banger. It was the it song of 2015. It was like my entire summer was defined by that banger and the music video. We, we need to do a music video rating episode, but the we Bad do. Blood music video had no reason to go that hard. It was so yeah. good. Speaking of the music video, I got a little blurb about the music video. Oh, spill the tea. So in May 2015, you know, this music video comes out mm-hmm. and the video starts with Taylor and Selena Gomez, her bestie, and they're fighting alongside each other as friends, you know, like kind of spy-like, you know, 
kind of heist-like. And Selena's character is wearing a dark-haired wig with blunt-cut bangs, which is super similar to Katie's hairstyle at the time. And then it gets even better because, you know, they're fighting as friends. And then they win the battle, and Selena's character turns to Taylor and punches her and kicks her out a window. And then the entire video is Taylor gathering her troops and preparing to go to war with Selena. Which I know that this has gained a lot of criticism from you and I and from a lot of people because Mm -hmm. she was gathering, again, all of her white skinny model friends, the exception of white being like Kendrick Lamar and Zendaya. Yeah. All these skinny white model friends. And it was a very cool looking video. Very fun. But this was kind of, you know, in the peak of her girl gang situation. and. It made it look like she was trying to target a bunch of very famous figures against Katy Perry. And that's not a great look, but yeah. the music video absent of that is so oh, yeah. It's and so kind good. of speaking more on all of her skinny model friends, we go into the infamous VMA drama in June, 2015. So when nominations for VMAs went out, um, and Nicki Minaj's Anaconda video didn't get nominated, which celebrates not skinny women, you know, mm-hmm. and Nicki Minaj tweets, quote, if your video celebrates women with very slim bodies, you will be nominated for vid of the year. And Taylor takes it personally and <laughs> replies, quote, I've done nothing but love and support you. It's unlike you to pit women against each other. Maybe one of the men took your slot. The drama that happened over Twitter is insane. Uh, And then Nikki replies, quote, huh? You must not be reading my tweets. Didn't say a word about you. I love you just as much, but you should speak on this. (sighs) And I don't think Nikki's that wrong. But at the same time, Taylor was a victim to the the skinny shaming society as well. I mean, this is like the, the peak of her eating disorder. It's why I theorize that she surrounded herself with skinny model friends, but Nikki was kind of ahead of her time, at least in Taylor's timeline of realizing these things and trying to get her to speak up on these things. And I think Taylor's feminism is very obviously only about her in this situation. And she kind of struggles to apply feminism to a different point of view. Agreed. I feel like that criticism was absolutely earned. Mm-hmm. I think that it's interesting with how non-confrontational Taylor is that she called Nikki out on Twitter. Yeah, come on, yeah. you're famous. You have to have a way to get in contact with them directly, or at least yeah, publicist to exactly. publicist. Um, or DM them, for God's sake. Also during this time, and this is just like a fun little blurb, I don't know if you remember the Super Bowl in... 2015 and at the Super Bowl Katy Perry was the halftime performer and do you remember Left Shark yes Left Shark you know her backup dancer that obviously had no idea what the hell was going on yes so funny I remember (laughs) watching that at the time and being like what the hell (laughs) did the the dancer get injured they just pulled someone from the crowd and said play along um so funny but in July of 2015 one of Taylor's backup dancers dressed like a shark during a bad blood performance and of it's course. Very, very funny clip. But this is all happening at the same time. Like that entire summer was of just course. wrapped in drama. She unhinged. Need, unhinged. She did not need to make it worse, but she did it with her God. full chest. So here is where that Twitter drama gets juicy. So we just went over Nikki and Taylor's exchange. 
and Taylor, the key word that she uses, pitting women against each other. Katy Perry then subtweets Taylor. For those of you who happen to not know what subtweeting is, it's basically You're lucky. <laughs> when you make a post that is in reply to another post, but it's not directly in reply to that post. So you're kind of like, it's usually used as a diss, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And indirect. It's also called an indirect if you've heard that. Yes. So Katy Perry subtweets Taylor saying, quote, finding it ironic to parade the pit women against other women argument around as one immeasurably capitalizes on the takedown of a woman. And then it gets even juicier. So for context, back in 2008, Taylor Swift dated Joe Jonas and they dated for three months. He dumped her over a 27 second phone call (laughs) and then immediately started dating Camilla Bell, who is an actress. Camilla Bell inspired Taylor's song, Better Than Revenge, where the hook is, she's not a saint and she's not what you think. She's an actress. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. She's not a saint and she's not what you think. She's an actress. Whoa. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. Whoa. Ooh, it has an H gray, but it's fine. Yeah. So Katie makes this tweet and Camilla Bell responds saying, couldn't have said it any better. I didn't know that part. Oh, wolf. <laughs> you got the cringe yet? <laughs> I, I, this whole thing has given me the cringe. I'm like, I'm gonna keep it real with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's where it gets really juicy. Lots of things tying together here. So the people, the women in Taylor's life that she has infamously, quote unquote, attacked are like kind of banding together at this point. And then in October 2015, Taylor interviews with GQ magazine and she talks about bad blood again. She says, and I quote, so you're in a Rolling Stone interview and the writer says, who is that song about? That sounds like a really intense moment from your life. And you sit there and you know you're on good terms with your ex-boyfriend and you don't want him or his family to think you're firing shots at him. So you say... That was about losing a friend. And that's basically all you say. But then people cryptically tweet about what you meant. I never said anything that would point a finger in the specific direction of one specific person. And I can sleep at night knowing that. I knew the song would be assigned to a person. And the easiest mark was someone who I didn't want to be labeled with this song, aka her ex-boyfriend, probably Harry Styles. It was not a song about heartbreak. It was about the loss of friendship. At this point, we know who, who she's talking about. Yes. But again, Taylor is not particularly confrontational. So mm-hmm. it's important Although, to her that she never critis- says a name. Yeah. A criticism for me, though, is if she really wanted to ride the I didn't say a name and all I said was it was about losing a friendship train. She specifically said this girl stole my backup dancers to go on her tour. Like that was a little too much info. That's fair. And also like, again, same energy is like, I'm not saying who, but one of our friends who's dating a redhead said she was going to break up with him. Like you never said a name, but could you have been more specific? Whatever. Yeah. A little too, because bad blood itself wasn't specific to the situation. It was just, we got bad blood. We have problems. I don't think we can solve them. You say, sorry, just for show. It's, it could have been applied anywhere and it could have got people thinking because her issues with Katie weren't public until they started talking about their issues. <laughs> yeah. Have they considered just shutting the fuck up? Yeah. Like, no, they like, haven't yeah, actually. Like, <laughs> respectfully, um, this, this all could have been solved if they just 
texted each other, whatever. It's yeah. Funny. Or just in an interview about it. Yeah. They could have hated each other forever. Just don't interview. About yeah. It. Just not but, said a damn word. It's whatever. You know, I'm not famous, so I don't get the struggles, I guess. <laughs> Can you imagine our, our drama were public? Like the drama that no. we've had in our lives with like other girls, if that was public. Immediately. No, I don't even post about like drama that's happened on like my Finsta or yeah. on anything that I don't even tweet about. I don't even subtweet about it because, yeah. and I'm not famous, but I do. I wouldn't want people speculating yeah. about my life. And I guess sort of in Taylor's defense, kind of analyzing her quotes, because I think this is my last quote until their makeup, because I think she stopped talking about Spoiler it. Spoiler alert. On, at least according to the research that I got. To Taylor's credit, she was worried that this song was going to be pinned on an ex-boyfriend and tried to like redirect it and didn't realize that in her redirection obviously it was Katie but I don't think she realized how much that would blow up and I think if she had known she probably just would have let it be about an ex-boyfriend <laughs> skipping ahead February 2016 uh-huh. Katy Perry invites Taylor Swift to her Grammy after party Ooh, Taylor does one. not go she does not attend but publicly it looked like oh there's a truce wrong or publicly katie's trying to be nice and taylor's the mean one <laughs> yep she was invited she didn't go that's all we know so mm-hmm. then we shoot forward to may take it from there yeah. in may 2016 this is just a dumb little tidbit it, it's not significant but it's just funny katie's twitter gets hacked and the hacker tweets said miss you baby at taylor swift 13 <laughs> Whoever hacked that was having a good time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, so now we have some more juicy drama. So in July 2016, news comes out that Taylor Swift wrote her ex-boyfriend Calvin Harris's hit song, This Is What You Came For, under a pseudonym. And Calvin tweets, because now he's mad about it. He tweets, quote, I can't read it in any less dramatic way. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And she sings on it a little bit too. Amazing lyrics writer. And she smashed it as usual. I wrote the music, produced the song, arranged it and cut the vocals though. And initially she wanted to keep it a secret. Hence the pseudonym. It's hurtful for me at this point that her and her team would go so far out of their way to try and make me look bad at this stage though. I figure if you're happy in your new relationship, you should focus on that instead of trying to tear your ex-boyfriend down for something to do. I know you're off tour and need someone new to try and bury like Katie etc but I'm not that guy sorry I won't allow it and then Katy Perry responded with a gif of Hillary Clinton and a retweet saying shrugging time the ultimate truth teller oh yeah the the Hillary Clinton gif was like Hillary Clinton shrugging shrugging. (laughs) I feel like looking at this Calvin Harris have you considered shutting the fuck up like I yeah they just dig themselves into a hole they're all digging themselves credit for the things that she actually does yeah and the thing is too she didn't want to put her name on it while they were dating because she didn't want to take away from his fame and success from it she didn't want it to be written off as a taylor swift song she wanted him to gain fame and success they broke up and she's like yeah i helped him on that and you can hear it like you can hear the vocals ever since somebody pointed out and i'll put a clip in but ever since somebody pointed out that the ooh, 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 that that's taylor's vocals yeah i can't unhear it she is embedded in that song she's looking at you ooh, 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 ooh. 
yeah and the lyrics to lightning strikes every time she moves but everybody's watching her but she's looking at you like that's so taylor you can't convince me that a man wrote that no it's so taylor (laughs) in uh september 2016 someone asked katie on twitter if she will ever collab with taylor and katie responds if she says sorry sure then october 2016 taylor and katie both go to drake's 30th birthday party a little dramatic fun fact john mayer was also there now an ex of both of them no word on if they interacted or if any drama happened there so it sounded like they behaved themselves later on in october 2016 katie goes to a kanye west concert and during his infamous song famous which reignited the taylor kanye feud she Katie, recorded herself enthusiastically dancing during the lines, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. God damn. I made that bitch famous. And Taylor had publicly made a really big deal about how that line made her extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. So that is like Patty to another level. That's like, even if Katie, quote unquote, did everything right when the drama went down and like she was the bigger person, this is very low. It's pretty messy. Yeah. She could have recorded any other part of the song, but it was like that one clip. Yeah. And that wasn't an accident. Come on. And then in May 2017, Katie interviews with Entertainment Weekly and talks about her upcoming album saying, quote, One thing to note is you can't mistake kindness for weakness and don't come for me, anyone. And that's not to any one person. And don't quote me that it is because it's not. It's not about that. Honestly, when women come together and decide to unite, the world is going to be a better place. Period. End of story. She also says that there isn't a response to bad blood on her album Witness, but on that album is Swish Swish. A week after that interview, she drops swish swish. And the the line that makes me think it's about Taylor for sure is a tiger don't lose no sleep, don't need opinions from a shellfish or sheep. She literally like tweeted calling Taylor Swift like a Regina George in sheep's clothing. I don't like that song. I didn't like that song when it came out, not even because I knew Mm -hmm. the shade about it. But you're going to try to tell me that you're posting your song up against a Taylor Swift song when your lyrics are, you're about as cute as an old coupon expired. Your game is tired. You should retire. But it's not good lyricism. I'm sorry, Katie. And it's not a good clap back either. Like you could have done so much better. It is not (laughs) the serve she thinks it is. And and because Katy Perry is capable of beautiful songs. Like, yes. And I think every artist is allowed to have songs that are fun, but like there's a difference between fun and just not good. Yeah, no, it it was just bad. It was just bad. I I remember when it came out and I was like, I didn't even know the drama. And I was like, this is a bad song. No wonder it's getting no radio play. It's bad. Yeah. And then especially it's like kind of rich when a week or two before she's interviewing being like, when women come together and they unite, the world's going to be a better place. Oh yeah. You're an old expired coupon and I have receipts. (laughs) Just so you know. (laughs) 
it would have played out so much better for her if she'd been like listen to my album there's gonna be tea because i'm pretty sure that witness didn't perform very well swish swish definitely did not but if she had said if it was all about performing well she'd said this is gonna be messy it would have performed better and it might have looked more camp than it did but it just looked like a really bad clap tack kind of like how Taylor did with reputation. Yeah. Later in May 2017, we're still in the same month in 2017. A few days after the song came out, Katie stated on Jimmy Fallon about the song, quote, I think it's a great anthem for people to use whenever someone's trying to hold you down or bully you. It's a liberation from all the negative that doesn't serve you. And then on May 22nd, 2017, The big juicy quote from Katie's time on Carpool Karaoke when she specifically is asked about Taylor. She says, so there is a situation. Honestly, it's really like she started it and it's time for her to finish it. It's about backing dancers. It's so crazy. There were like three backing dancers that went on tour with her. They asked me before they went on tour if they could go. I was like, yeah, of course. I'm not on a record cycle. Get the work and she's great, but I will be on a record cycle in probably about a year. So be sure to put a 30-day contingency in your contract if you want to join me when I say I'm going back on. So that year came up and I texted all of them because I'm very close with all of them. I said, look, just FYI, I'm about to start. And they said, okay, we're going to go talk to management about it. And they did and they got fired. I tried to talk to her about it, but she wouldn't speak to me. I do the right thing and it feels like a fumble. It was a full shutdown. And then she writes a song about me and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's how you want to deal with it. Karma. But what I want to say is that I'm ready for the BS to be done. Now, there is the law of cause and effect. You do something and there's going to be a reaction. And trust me, daddy, there's going to be a reaction. It's all about karma, right? I think personally that women together, not divided and none of this petty bullshit, women together will heal the world. She's just contradicting herself all the time. (laughs) She is like that entire quote. She was contradicting herself left, right, back and forth. She's right. If women banded together, then we would be stronger. But she has herself fallen into the trap of yeah it's not helping (laughs) pitting herself against women it is not helping also if taylor swift had decided to release that album karma that you still fully believe is going that exists her rock album that never got to come out this would have been perfect advertising for it but that's i'll let that die we'll talk about karma in another episode yeah we're in the phase where taylor is hiding (laughs) nobody physically saw her for a year nobody physically saw me for a year yeah I'm sorry. I got to stop using that quote from from Miss Americana. (laughs) Like I say it, I've said it in another episode before. And so I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Listen, if you know, you know, and if you don't know, you don't know. Exactly. (laughs) So in June, 2017, a few weeks later, Katie interviews with NME and says, quote, I wish I could turn the other cheek every single time, but I'm also not a pushover, you know, especially when someone tries to assassinate my character with little girls. That's so messed up. I hate this on like a few different levels. For one, she's still talking about Taylor while also, you know, trying to preach women uniting, but also to infantilize Taylor's fandom. Taylor's fandom isn't little girls. There are little girls in her fandom, just like there's little girls in Katie's fandom, but Taylor's fans are like her age, older, younger. It's not just a bunch of little girls listening to Fearless. 
True. Later in June 2017, Katie is on the Thrive Global podcast and says about Taylor, quote, I am ready to let it go. I forgive her and I'm sorry for anything I ever did. And I hope the same for her. I love her and I want the best for her. And I think she's a fantastic songwriter. Maybe I don't agree with everything she does and she doesn't agree with everything I do, but I really truly want to come together in a place of love and forgiveness and understanding and compassion. Well, I want to point out that in that same month, Katy Perry's album Witness comes out and the same day Witness drops Taylor Swift very publicly makes her entire catalog available on Spotify which it had not been prior nope feels sabotagey or it's a coincidence we'll never know yep it's just an interesting way of events (laughs) two months later August 2017 Katy Perry releases the swish swish video And it has a lot of comparisons to Bad Blood. It's, you know, groups of people who are teamed up against another Mm -hmm. group of people. Um, I'm pretty sure it's star stacked. And in that same month, Katie says she hasn't heard anything from Taylor since their feud ended. So then, you know, we don't hear anything else for the rest of 2017 and we go into 2018. Yeah. So on May 8th, 2018, Taylor receives a gift from Katie. It's a literal olive branch with a note that begins, hey, old friend, I've been doing some reflecting on past miscommunications and hurt feelings between us. The letter is partially obscured in the photo Taylor took of it, but you can see that Katie wrote that she was, quote, deeply sorry and wanted to, quote, clear the air. Taylor posted this photo on her Instagram saying, thank you, Katie, with a heart. That was also the first night of her reputation tour in Arizona. And I got to hand it to Katie. That was giving a literal olive branch and reaching out was a big move. Yeah. I understand Taylor Swift is very non-confrontational, but this feud has been going on for years at this point. Yeah. And the last move that we saw publicly was Swish Swish's music video, which doesn't paint honestly either of them in a good light. It makes Katie look petty and yeah. it puts Taylor down. I yes. think that that was a very mature move. I agree. And then in March of 2019, so almost a year later, on the iHeartRadio Music Awards red carpet, Katie is asked about collabing with Taylor in the future. And she says that she is open to it and doesn't say anything else, like no more petty jabs or anything. In May 2019, Taylor has this Apple Music playlist called Me, you know, exclamation point, all caps. It's in promotion for you know, her upcoming album, Muse, the lead single. And she adds Katie's new song, Never Really Over to it. And the description of Taylor's playlist was, quote, everything that happens to us is just part of a story we'll tell someday. These songs are the soundtrack to my story at the moment. I love this playlist for kitchen dance parties, long drives home, sun-soaked reflection, or aggressive bopping. All songs have been loved and appreciated by me. Which, let's be clear, Never Really Over is a banger. It's never really over. Just because it's over doesn't mean it's really over. And if I think it over, maybe you'll be coming over again. And i to get over you all over again. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, yes. that's one of Katy yes. Perry's best songs. <laughs> and then in June 2019, over a year after Katy sent Taylor an olive branch, Taylor sends Katy a plate of cookies with peace at last frosted on the plate. Katie shares a photo to her, to her Instagram, captioning it, feels good, heart, and tags Taylor. She also geotags the photo with let's be friends, and Taylor replies with 13 heart emojis. Cute. Which is magical, and I wonder if at this point they'd already talked about what we see next, which was Katy Perry appearing 
in the music video for yeah. You Need to Calm Down. Later in June 2019, Katie, like you said, appears in her video. And Katie's wearing this burger costume, this big, chunky burger costume. And Taylor's in a fries costume. And they both appear sad before they see each other and walk to each other and start dancing and hugging. After the music video airs, Katie posts a photo from the video to her Instagram of her and Taylor hugging in their costumes. And the caption is, this meal is beef free. And a happy meal. (laughs) (laughs) I know that Taylor had said that they were on good terms for a while, but they weren't sure if they were ever going to discuss it publicly. So in June 2019, that's when Taylor said her line about um, they wanted to, they didn't know if they wanted to talk to the public. She was speaking with UK's Capital Breakfast show and said that her and Katie started to make up after Katie sent her the olive branch. Um, Her quote is, from that point on, we've been on good terms. We saw each other at a party and walked up to each other and hugged it out and talked about things. Then saw each other again and hug, hung out at another party. It was just like something felt so much lighter about my life when things became really good between us. We didn't know if we were ever going to tell people about it. We wanted to make sure it was solid between us before we ever made the public aware. And then in September of 2019, Katie appears on Ellen and says... It was actually just a misunderstanding, but we have such big groups of people that like to follow us. And so they kind of started turning against each other a little bit too. It was really unfortunate, but we made amends and I'm all about redemption and forgiveness and for setting an example for those younger people that can be, that it can be cool to ask for forgiveness and confront someone that you may have an issue with or a problem with and talk about it. It's like, we have so much in common. There's probably only 10 people in the world that have the same things in common. I was like, we should really be friends over that and share our strengths and our weaknesses and our challenges. We can help each other through a lot because it's not as easy as it seems sometimes. Mm, Very friendship. Yay, friendship. Um, (laughs) Also in September 2019, Taylor interviews with Rolling Stone and talks about Katie a little bit. She says, Katie and I were talking about our signs. We had this really, really long talk when we were reconnecting and stuff. And I remember in the long talk, she was like, if we had one glass of white wine right now, we'd both be crying. We've had some really good conversations. (laughs) And that's, that's great. That's friendship right there. You and I have cried over Literally. many wine. So going from there, we fast forward, it's September 14th of 2020 and Taylor sent Katie and Orlando Bloom a present for their baby. Cause at this point, Katie and Orlando Bloom are together. She just had a baby, mm-hmm. very cute. And Katie posts about it saying, miss baby name adores her hand embroidered blankie from miss at taylor swift i hope it's one she drags around for years till it becomes an unrecognizable shred that she keeps in her pocket as a teenager (laughs) and the blanket is super cute i know that taylor does embroidery i know from a friend of a friend that she actually does like bake stuff and give it to people so i wonder if she did that hand embroidering or if she like commissioned it i bet she did it you think so I'll post it to the Instagram, which if you're not following us, it's at Tay Learning Podcast on Instagram. (laughs) And that's- Because it looks really handmade. It does. I think she totally did it. She's very grandma-esque. She is. Especially this is during her folklore era. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, this is during her folklore era. (laughs) Something that could have happened. So this is the last thing that I saw between them. In March, 2021, Katy Perry says on American Idol- 
could you imagine if Taylor and I worked together what we could do? I wonder if they will collab at some point. Their music is so like astronomically different at this point in time that I don't even yeah. know how they would do it. Yeah. That being said, I love that they have this insane story of going from being like casual acquaintances and friends to insane beef in the media, yeah. like a cold war between them. And then all of a sudden they're just good again. They're friends. And I think that there's like a lot of magic there and there's a lot to be said for friendships that can reignite yes I think that's magical it's not always the right answer but yeah. it was the right answer for them and I love too because clearly both of us had a lot of criticisms when they were going at each other it made both of us feel really uncomfortable um and I just want to say that I am very proud of both of them for ultimately both becoming the bigger person in the end and figuring out how to regulate um, some emotions between each other and overcome it because that's hard. They grew up and you're right. Regulating emotions can be difficult, especially when you're like in the public eye, the way that they are. Yeah. But they grew up and they did realize that they are far more powerful together than they are apart. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. It was a growth arc for them. For both yeah. of them. And I, I'm proud exactly. of both of them. Question for you. Answer. Do you want a Taylor Katie collab? That's a really Do you want question. it to be like a Taylor featuring Katie? Katie featuring Taylor? I don't know because I feel like if they did a collab and it was like Taylor featuring Katie, it would make it look like Taylor is the winner or something. And I don't want that vibe either. So it would have to be like a pure actual collaboration where it isn't released on an album. It's an independent single. Their voices would probably go well together, but they'd have to find a style that they agree on. So I would love one. I am not in the music industry and I don't know how I would be able to put those two together where one doesn't come out prevailing. And that would be really important is to make sure that it is an equitable single. Yeah, because Katie already appeared in her music video. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. the power dynamic is already a little bit shifty. Yeah. Uh, But But I guess like Katie reached out to her first with a gift. I don't know. That's true. (laughs) What did you learn this episode? So I learned that Taylor embroiders. (laughs) I didn't know that she sent a blanket to Katie's baby, honestly. What did you learn? In the name of Taylor Ning, Danny. Oh, in the name of Taylor Ning. I learned that Camilla Bell got herself involved by responding to Katy Perry's tweet. Messy, messy. That's bold, honestly. I even if even if I saw someone like with a bigger fame than me trying to take down somebody who came at me one time, I wouldn't publicly align myself with them. In a comment, I'd like their stuff, but that's really putting you out there. Comments are bold. <laughs> I did not know that though. So that's the Katy Perry feud. And honestly, it's a really satisfying one because it has, you know, it's tied up in a really pretty box with a a happy ending for now, at least a hopefully bright future. And it brought bad blood. It brought us bad blood, which a lot of people talk shit on. I really like bad blood. You cannot take that away from me. I'm sorry. I think it's fun. And despite the flaws in the music video, I watched it last night for the first time in a long time. And it's really well done for what it is. (laughs) That's the Katy Perry feud. But what are we talking about next week? So next week, we're going to get into a little bit more of our personal opinions regarding Taylor's music. We're going to talk all things Red Album, Red OG versus Red TV. We're going to talk our favorite songs, um, our personal experiences when Red came out, and just have a really great time talking about why we love Taylor so much. 
So again, follow us on Instagram at Podcast. You can shoot us an email as always, taylearningpodcast at gmail.com. And hopefully we'll be doing a giveaway or something really soon on there. So for Tay Learning, I'm Danny. And I'm Olivia. We'll see you next week.